Hi, I'm Allie Gerst. And I'm Julia Prescott. And, and everything's, everything's Coming Up Podcast. Hey, America, you're so fine. You're so <laughs> fine, you blow my mind. America. Uh, this episode is brought to you by um, coffee-flavored Beverine. Uh, <laughs> yes, I take it gray with creamium <laughs> and dog food. My theory is Skinner likes dog food. <laughs> uh, we unfortunately were not able to get uh, Silhouette Night. Ooh, yeah, we reached out to Silhouette Night a while ago, and it's just like been ugh, uh, it's emails back and forth. Yeah, it's canceled. Uh, didn't know that at the time. I, c- I could have <laughs> really, really reallocated my time to something else. Write your congressman, see if you can get it back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> congressperson. Congressperson. <laughs> um, we are here, of course, with um, our good friend and super Simpsons nerd and uh, one of the co-hosts of Stonecutters LA and when Meltdown is, Comics. Stonecutters LA? Oh, Stonecutters LA is the first Saturday of every month, sometimes the second Saturday, depending <laughs> on whether the first Saturday was like a 4th of July party or like Howard Kramer is doing something. Um, <laughs> but it's every month at uh, Meltdown Comics in Hollywood. Welcome to the show, John and Garo. Hey, hey. Hey, everyone. <laughs> How are you doing? See what I did there? Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that can was you good. can you explain what you did? Uh that that was a reference to one uh, <laughs> uh the the son of Herschel Krostovsky. Yeah. Uh, um, I love the name Herschel Krostovsky. That's a great one. It's so I good. always like on the show you can't really pinpoint what age Krusty is. Oh, yes, yeah. absolutely. It's like the hardest thing. Yeah, he's to like pin this down. weird like uh, nebulous like Jerry Lewis. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Or SpongeBob. If we're doing cartoon things. Really? What? I guess I've never even thought of SpongeBob having an age. Well, I mean, he gets a driver's license. That's true. He's, he right. owns his own home. Oh. He's an adult man, but he acts like a child. You're yeah, blowing my mind here. To me, SpongeBob is just like Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Or an ageless person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember having this conversation and being upset, but now I'm doing it to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so somebody was breaking your heart and you were like, yeah. no, <laughs> why do you make me think <laughs> about real things like yeah. SpongeBob's age? <laughs> <laughs> so I was watching the King of Comedy and in that movie, like Jerry Lewis does just have like full on jaded crust of the clownness to Oh my God. <laughs> movie. It, it makes me, Krusty makes me like Jerry Lewis more, <laughs> to be quite honest, because otherwise I'd be like, fuck Jerry Lewis forever because he is an asshole. That's his yeah. Thing, um, but yeah, no, Krusty redeems him in some weird <laughs> parallel universe. They should do. Um, they recently just announced that Jerry Lewis's like like movie that he kept in exile, the day the clown oh, cried, yeah. is finally coming out. Maybe they could do an episode where Krusty has his own version of the day the clown cried. Oh, That'd be great. wait, so wait, that was Lewis. an announcement with, from the Simpsons. It's getting no, no, no. Yeah, the day the clown crowd is being put into like the Library Film Congress, and under but under the stipulation of it can't be played publicly for like another ten years. Oh wait, so they did? Okay, they did shoot it because I know it's, that the script's been circulating around for years and years. It's done, I guess, or at least wow. much of it's done, and only like some people have seen. Like, uh, f- do you know what the the day the clown crowd is? I do. do yeah, to rec- yeah. Um, it's a movie where that Jerry Lewis wrote and directed. That's about uh, a clown in Auschwitz who uh, lures children into the gas chamber. Oh my God. It's like this pitch black movie that he like for years is like, I can't let anyone see this. But I don't understand. I don't understand how you go through the day to day of a production several weeks. You get um, money from the studio. You get investors, you get, you cast people like you. It's not 
like a, a spontaneous choice to make this thing happen. It's not like a tattoo that he's going to regret. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was, was a whole process. What was the drive to finish and complete it and then realize this is the worst idea ever? <laughs> I guess this he, is going to turn people off right, immediately. Right. But I guess if you are known for comedy and you are like branching out and, you know, I guess to borrow a term from Tropic Thunder going full retard, <laughs> um, you know, it could either go great or it could go terribly. It is actually it's amazing how a lot of things it is just based on who says yes to it. Like I'm right. I'm always blown away by the movie The Blues Brothers. It's such a strange film yeah. to me. And a lot of people think that it's an SNL movie, but it really wasn't like they made it before they would do the characters mm-hmm. on SNL. And really what I learned is the only reason it got made is because John Belushi wanted to do it and he was just that right. popular. Right, right, right. And so I guess Jerry Lewis is surrounded by yes men. Yeah. And so maybe there's even a sense of him going, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about the day the clown, the clown Why cried. Why not? No. We got, uh, because we got... we're here to talk about, we've got other business. Mm-hmm. We're here to talk about uh, somebody else who may have cried. <laughs> Whoa, when they found out that they weren't really Seymour Skinner. <laughs> oh, this is the worst transition yeah, ever. Yeah, I'm watching it happen. I don't know. Though. I'm I'm it's like crashing it, and burning. There's a little bit of chop, but you're making it through. <laughs> yeah, okay, great, great. Choppy waters, but we are going to get to your destination <laughs> on time. Everybody, please take your seats. Uh, the principal <laughs> and the popper. Yes. Yeah. I'm so happy that you chose this episode. It's very polarizing. Yeah, I. Uh, this is the fifth podcast that i've been on discussing the simpsons so i've talked about my favorites a bunch so i thought it would be nice to change things up and talk about one that i can't imagine many people would go Mm -hmm. after and it's an episode that i really believe is unfairly maligned yeah i would agree it always makes like top 10 worsts and stuff that blows my mind this episode is so good and yeah Mm -hmm. We'll definitely get into the reasons that it's polarizing. But if we're just looking at, is this episode funny? Is this episode sweet? Is this episode entertaining? Yeah. Oh, my God. I through think, and through. I think people don't like it because it fucks with the universe. I that's think exactly that's the that's reason. That's, that's the reason. But yeah. it doesn't because it know. resets at the end mm-hmm. like yeah. a good cartoon does. Yeah. My an old writing teacher would say, the genie gets put back in the bottle. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's... It's an episode that I got a I got a cat on me. Sorry, <laughs> the cat was going to jump on the podcast equipment. This is real stuff you guys are seeing behind the curtain right now. It's always funny what people accept and reject from like a Simpsons episode because like people will have trouble with this, but no one will bat an eye when Homer goes into space, for example. Exactly. Right. Or right. Mr. Burns has a long lost son who's Rodney Dangerfield. But you know who did bat an eye? I, I think I remember hearing or reading um, that the writers of The Simpsons were kind of like, uh, I don't know, on the fence about Homer going into space and oh, stuff yeah? like that. And, you know, Mike Scully is someone who said, was it, I don't want to misquote, it was either Bill, o- it might have been Bill Oakley, actually, I'll have to check again, who some, either one of them, said something about this episode, just being like, and then we kind of fucked it up. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, who was I, that? Was that Bill? It could Because he was, been. he worked on this episode, so that well, would make I more sense. I know that Josh Weinstein mentioned this episode, I now we're just going to get into <laughs> who said, who said what, who's on first, but mm-hmm. um, I do re- remember somebody saying that, and, and I don't think that they would have said, you know, that. If, if the audience reaction wasn't as strong as it was. Right. Because it's a strong episode. Definitely. I I think the, the thing that makes me say that this episode works is it for the reason that you said, where it's um, it's got heart, it's very funny, and uh, ultimately it is still about the characters, even if yeah. they are... 
even if some take directions that you that you don't like but then there's other people that get kind of elevated like this is sort of a warm episode for agnes skinner absolutely doesn't get like much play on the show but like yeah right. it very much humanizes her and yeah her, and how uh, uh skinner is important to her right right yeah and i i liked this part of seeing more of Agnes Skinner we were talking about as we were watching it Allie and I how in the later seasons you know I think she starts dating comic book guy they did that as an episode they did that as an episode and so I I like the idea the kindness behind let's give these smaller characters an episode but I just felt like I don't know it, it felt gimmicky to me but in this episode, when we see more of her and we see that her like love of this man, whoever he is, mm. as Seymour Skinner, you know, and in the flashback when he goes to her door for the first time mm. and, you know, she's a little on to him that it's not really mm. her son. I don't know. There's there is a sweetness to it that I really appreciate because she is often like just, you know, um, a shrew to everyone in her life to, uh, to for comedic effect, but it's, that's her character. It's a bizarre relationship, but it works for them is right. ultimately what it is. Like they both like need each other. And like that, this episode sort of illustrates that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also an episode. Uh, I was just kind of thinking about this from on the rewatch. I think it also like links Skinner with Bart. Because you have a Skinner with his rebellious past, right? And so, some, Which, like maybe something Bart could grow into. God, perhaps the the dialogue in the flashbacks. I was telling Allie, it feels so like Garth Marenghi, like <laughs> hollow and stiff. You know, um, I wrote some of it down, uh, but yeah, I, yeah, just. Just uh, him being like, no way, man. I don't want to go and be a principal in some dumb town. I want to go do hood rat shit with my friends. Like, whatever the equivalent to that is. But it's very like, no, I'm this. I'm muscles. I w- drive a motorcycle. It's it's so perfect the way that he... And it adds, like, a gloss to that because uh, you know that it's Skinner retelling it to a group of people in the auditorium. So, of course... It's not exactly how it happened, obviously. It's just his recollection of it. it yeah. yeah, so it's it's a nice like little twist to that. I am a big fan of Skinner. I do love just how th- there's something about if you can do characters who are extremely dry well, Absolutely. I will always like like Hank Hill is like a character who's extremely dry, yeah, but very funny and how dry and bland he is. And Skinner actually has like a lot of my favorite moment like one of my favorite line moments on the show is where Skinner and um Mrs. Krabappel are having dinner and she goes, uh, Seymour, swallow that applesauce and kiss me. And he goes, I'm afraid I already swallowed it while you were talking. Yeah. Before we get too far into our oh, favorite yes. moments, uh, we're going to read from our episode guidebook. Ooh, yeah. Always. We always try to um, read the first paragraph to sort of catch people up if it's been a while since they've seen this episode. Uh, a salute to Seymour Skinner honoring his 20th year as principal is interrupted by a stranger claiming to be the real Sergeant Seymour Skinner. Skinner admits to being an imposter, revealing that his real name is Armin Tanzarian and that he's actually <laughs> an orphan from Capital City who spent his youth as a no-good street punk. After getting in trouble with the law, Tanzarian was sent to the army and shipped to Vietnam, where Sergeant Skinner took him under his wing. And also to give people an idea of when the, what the world was like when this episode uh, premiered, it originally aired on uh, September 28, 1997, and was written by Ken Keeler. Yeah. Wonderful. So there's that. Very nice. <laughs> uh, while we watched the episode together, uh, we enjoyed the parallel to Mad Men. Yes. Uh, yes. Something With I have not thought about Dick until Whitman. this view. Yeah. yeah, forcing me to uh, Google, does anyone have a Dick <laughs> Whitman tattoo? <laughs> <laughs> my, no one my does. My guess was yes, but I was wrong. Well, you know, I was a young be, hopeful. 
could be some corner of the internet and somebody with a dick whitman <laughs> tattoo maybe doesn't want the world to see it they're not oh. tumbling mm. tumbling gramming facebooking <laughs> um however there are some mad men tattoos mm. it's just the silhouette falling did the internet the get mad speaking of silhouettes sorry go <laughs> <laughs> okay we're gonna get to the silhouette <laughs> stuff ali uh, did, did the it. internet get mad when it was revealed that don draper is not actually don draper <laughs> yeah i i didn't get that deep in my googling sort of, yeah. i know in that <laughs> same way with armin tanzarian but no i feel like yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's it's very funny to watch this, um, knowing all that we know about the show now, and and to also to to think that people were outraged at this point in the show. I guess it, it, there weren't a lot of like record scratches in like what the show was revealing about its world up until this point, because yeah. I think this is season eight this is nine. or nine, season mm-hmm. nine. So you know, there's. I don't know how many seasons past this. Like, I'm not going to even account. <laughs> um, but yeah, more more crazy things have happened. Oh so yeah. this feels like very pale. It must by been, It's just one of the. It's it, since it was the first. I think it it gets that bad reputation. Yeah. I also think the other thing that makes it hurt is you also have like Harry Shearer and Matt Groening like bagging on the episode as really? well. So I think that like opens the door and invites oh. people to bag on this. Episode. Why is Matt Groening bagging on the episode? Uh, I think for the same reason they just. For most people, they didn't like the change in, in the, the universe. Characters. I almost kind of don't like it when when uh, creators or artists comment on the thing that they've put out. Yeah. I feel like you should just put something out and then just let people talk it over. Because if you do sort of state your opinion publicly on it, that puts a stamp on it. And I feel like most people just kind of glob onto that. Right. It's right. why like Stanley Kubrick never spoke about any of his movies after when he was done with them or, or like. Like Christopher Nolan doesn't do commentary tracks to any of his movies or anything like that. Yeah, I and why brilliant. everyone is not everyone? Why some people in this room are angry at J.K. Rowling? <laughs> You're angry at J.K. Rowling sometimes. I mean, I uh... is this what this has all been about? <laughs> it has been. You've been waiting uh... 25 episodes <laughs> to finally make this link. Call is this what our all friendship right, is me. based on? Yes, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm Ravenclaw. Yes, I'm listening. You are Ravenclaw. I I'm know. so. <laughs> ah. I uh, I I wanted to get you a prefect badge when I was at Universal, but really? the, but I I wasn't <laughs> sure because I thought you were Ravenclaw, but I think it'd be more rude to get you the wrong house. Uh. <laughs> yeah, Lord help you if you chose Hufflepuff. God oh, damn it, we'd have on. to break up never. immediately. I feel like you would have been more offended to be given Gryffindor because it's just right. like, really, you think that I'm a Gryffindor? That I'm a basic <laughs> bitch. <laughs> anyway, Simpsons fans, I, hey, I mean, wait I a second. Like, Harry like Potter comes up a lot of times in this later TV Simpsons? show. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, J.K. Rowling even appears in uh, in does, the show right? at least twice, two mm-hmm. times that I've seen. Anyway, wait. So wait, why? Let's get ba- down to brass tacks. Why are you? mad at jakey Rowling? oh just that she decided and i love the choice but saying after the fact like oh dumbledore is gay right. or uh seems like i regret that ron got with hermione i would have rather oh, seen this you're right you're I right i wish that i hadn't killed hedwig spoiler i wish that this yeah. and this hadn't happened i was just mad i shouldn't have written all these things it's just like 
well, then why did you do any of those things? Well, it seems like yeah. she comes out every two years and goes, and by the way. <laughs> yeah, I think that's thing. it. She's a troll. <laughs> I think that's it. I think that J.K. Rowling is the I didn't do it kid. And yeah, well, her name is J.K. Then <laughs> 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 oh, Wouldn't that be like an awesome fake gimmick? That she <laughs> oh my God. Or like an Armin Tanzarian <laughs> thing that happens with J.K. Rowling? No, it's like, it's like the start of like a new prank show. She's J.K. and with J.K. Rowling. <laughs> Executive producer, I call it. Oh <laughs> no my god! Steal that from me. Oh my god, John. I think I think <laughs> we have our work cut out for ourselves. <laughs> I think also the fact that it's been so long since uh, the Harry Potter buzz has been in the air, like legitimate Harry Potter buzz, to come out with J.K. and <laughs> with J.K. Rowling. Well, is so uh, yeah, funny. I think you have to wait until after the theme park comes to uh, L.A. because there's oh, been okay. some buzz at least here, and then we'll wait. You know, wait like three Ooh, years. Wait, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I have to agree with you. I think that that's. Uh, I don't know. It it does color our reception of her work and we have to go then go back and be like oh man <laughs> why did i because of course yeah everyone thought that it was a little odd how people paired up ran- romantically in the harry potter universe i'm yeah. i'm assuming or- everyone's on my side everyone thought <laughs> this right yes yes, yes, yes um yes. <laughs> but to constantly well const- yeah to keep coming out and saying different things about it like just kidding just kidding is God, it's it's so confusing. Yeah, and so that's why, you know, I do disagree with people that have a problem with this episode. Not with that they have one. Right. That I understand. But it doesn't make the the episode less fantastic. Mm. Uh, but if it's a roadblock for you, it's a roadblock for you. Right. Uh, for those that can enjoy it, you get to enjoy a lot of good jokes. Yeah, and I just think that's shitty when somebody creates something and goes, I hated this. I mean, I understand that um, tendency uh, because... I mean, anybody that creates something has like a knee-jerk reaction to apologize for it, so that yeah. if they feel embarrassed, it's off the onus is off of them. Um, but yeah, just allowing people to enjoy it, and and I didn't know that about Stanley Kubrick, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's it's yeah, you, you just put something out and then just let people talk amongst themselves, like the moon landing that, that he faked. Yeah, <laughs> like that moon landing. <laughs> uh, that, okay. could be, that could be a cool movie <laughs> itself. St- Stanley Kubrick faking the moon landing. I mean, he did. He, he did. And uh, we have the evidence to prove it. Allie, yeah. take out your briefcase. Uh, yeah. Why did the flag move? Why uh, the flag move? <laughs> Why to have the bull, Bart? Why to have the bull? <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, to get into this episode, just because I I enjoy talking to the two of you so much that any topic is so enjoyable I and, and we, we can tangent we for a long time. We have business to take care of. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, so something, this is actually the first time that Julia and I have watched an episode together beforehand and it was quite a treat. It felt very nice. It mm-hmm. kind of reminded me of watching it with my family growing up and uh, we got to kind of see like what the other one laughs at, which is so fun. It's, <laughs> it's one of the reasons that I love uh, Stonecutters because everybody watches the episode together and it's just a very good feeling. And uh, I noticed, of course, that we laughed at a lot of the same things. And we're also impressed by how slow the intro goes. Yeah. You know, we, we get to have things breathe, as I think you put it. Yeah. You know, uh, you said uh, this episode trusts itself. Like, mm-hmm. they know that something's mm-hmm. funny. They're not hitting you over the head with a joke. They're, they're letting this character be himself. Right. And nothing's funnier. I was laughing the second you see Skinner hum mm-hmm. and walk and dust and check the things all the small little quirks because 
you know, and you didn't have to do him, have him doing like super OCD things, just enough. And, right. and then by seeing the way that uh, Chalmers reacts to it, just with, which is the line, just like, oh, the rod off up that guy's butt is so big that it has a rod up his own butt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like stuff like that. God, I love Chalmers so much. Me too. Yeah. And I love that you have him insulting him and then going into, and it's his 20th year here, <laughs> so let's celebrate yes. him. And of course, Willie. Poor Willie. <laughs> 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 teachers not just for teachers, Willie. <laughs> <laughs> this episode. Good. Also has a lot of great Ralph moments. It does. It does. You're when right. I grow up, I want to be a principal or a or caterpillar. Or a caterpillar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Lisa, you lead. But my name's Ralph. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Hoover, which one is one? <laughs> and they work together. I love the funeral. I love the choice that they work together at the auditorium which too. Which is which is so good. I mean, it just makes it uh, sincere punchline. Sincere yeah. punchline. Or, or sorry, informative, helping the story, and then joke. Right. Right. Helping the story and joke. But going back to that first scene. I think that that is like such a testament to the strength of this show because I think that's why a lot of people um, find pilots of TV shows to be insufferable because yeah. and writing them and that that pressure of we have to like load it up with as many things as possible because this may not live. It's like this burning Viking ship kind yeah. of mentality of writing. Um, you find it's the opposite with a show like The Simpsons, especially in this episode, where it's just like we, yeah, at we this trust point, ourselves. They're on season nine. If you don't know your characters by season nine, then like you're never gonna know them. Right. So it's like we know how to write for these people, and that's right. why all the jokes just peel. They seem to peel off so naturally. But I feel like that approach would have worked in like a second episode of a show or a second yeah. season of a show too, mm-hmm. because I think that confidence is palpable for an audience watching it. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. <laughs> and that's it <laughs> goodbye uh, something I love about this show is and we've talked about a lot of episodes that focus on uh, more secondary characters is when the Simpsons reveals that this is a big town and you can't possibly know everybody just oh because we know everybody mm-hmm. so we have a moment uh, <laughs> where Marge uh, says to uh t- Armin at this point right. just like well how would you feel if you found out that Ned Flanders was a fake who's Ned Flanders <laughs> I love religious jokes guy like that. oh you mean, oh, you mean? Reverend Love, Reverend Love <laughs> I love yeah. jokes like that exactly it's Anything, so fun to me it is so mm-hmm. fun yeah, yeah it's finding out that there's Shelbyville it's uh-huh. finding out that Bart's fat. By the way, Nick Weiger is who did that. We Nick were wondering Weiger. Who it was. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We we had an eye-opening episode where uh was it yeah, it was in Treehouse of Horror mm-hmm. Five. Yeah. And it, with the shinning. And uh Speaking of Kubrick. Speaking oh, of Kubrick. <laughs> and somebody made a comment about Bart being a little fat boy. <laughs> and it was like our Willy, first Yeah, it's Willie. Yeah, Willie. <laughs> so it's like an eye-opening experience of, oh, we've just sort of trusted that Bart is just Bart and like he's mm-hmm. not neither fat nor tiny. I don't know. He's got a little <laughs> curvature, he's but he's yeah. pudgy, but like pudgy. like a normal kid. Not Uder. Yeah. Like no, not, not Uder. Yeah. So not there's Uder no jokes made about bosoms. it. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> don't make me run, I'm filled with chocolate. <laughs> um my I think my father's favorite character, actually. Aww. For being frank, because it's just that. so silly. <laughs> it's like Pillsbury Doughboy time. Um, but yeah, no jokes are being made at uh, Bart's fat expense um, <laughs> up until that point. So yeah, it's it's like yeah, a little earth shattering, but not not entirely. Um, do you find that so in in the polarizing episodes, this happened after Frank Grimes? Do you think that this may may have been affected? Like more people were outraged over this episode because it was like the last straw after Frank Grimes. Do you think? Did, did people not like the Frank Grimes one? I think that people, people had a, a hard time seeing someone die and yeah, like or seeing Homer as the villain, kind of. Really, I always thought that episode was a far more praised one. Uh, in my in mind, later years for, for me, uh, 
a better uh, like an, a better version of that argument that I think of is for a later episode that I I actually probably would call the shark jumper for the Simpsons is alone again natural diddly when uh, Maud Flanders dies. That's right. when I stop. That's 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 the episode like Homer is an asshole in that one. Yeah. He's a straight up asshole and it's like how close can we get to Homer being Maud's murderer but not have him actually be Maud's murderer right. and then like they they add of it, like it seems way too mean spirited for what the show's supposed to be. Like, I guess the difference between that episode and this one, in terms of like outraged or, or thinking that something is like a shark jumper, is I feel this show still is in keeping with the spirit of the show, mm-hmm. and that it's it's funny, it's entertaining. There's there's humanity to it, whereas I feel the other one is very just mean spirited. Yeah, I mean, even though uh, this is against the plot point, they are all themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I forgot that the mod episode is when my dad said that the episode or that the Simpsons wasn't good anymore. I actually remember that. I would I would be curious to have a poll to see how many people dropped off after the mod episode, because I feel like that would be a clear cut for a lot of viewers. Yeah. And uh, like any Simpsons episode, I'm sure that there are really good moments in it and really good jokes and a million things and they're I, at like a nascar uh, race right or a monster truck rally yeah nascar Something like race. that it's like a shirt it's cannon mo- yeah. yeah mod dies in like such a goofy manner right that just that it feels so jarring to, yeah. to watch it and and yeah. i love and, mod yeah and we think about uh, people get mad at this episode because they don't like having a character that was well established have like a a, a change there but then you have a character that's been so well established and has been around for so many years just die in like a goofy way. Right. Yeah. To and me, that feels like a betrayal. Yeah. Of the show. I think that brings up a really interesting point and it reminds me a lot about um, Jurassic World. Uh, did you guys read about um, some of the controversy that happened around Jurassic World when it came out? Yeah. How the assistant to um, what's her face? Uh, Bryce uh, Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, she dies in, in such a crazy way, such a crazy, gory way. Her, and her biggest crime in the movie is that she's on her cell phone a little too much. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like that's so, so there's a question of, in movies like that, and granted, The Simpsons is not a movie like that, but in movies like that, um, the crime or the murder or the killing or whatever has to match what that person, that character, has put into the movie. Yeah, like when you look at Jurassic Park, it's the guy who's neglecting the kids, and he, right. when he gets eaten on the toilet, you, he You're knows. Like he deserves great. kind of rooting for it. Absolutely. And when Newman gets Newman. Newman. <laughs> he will always be Newman. Um, I mean, much to his delight, I'm sure. It's, it's opened many doors for him. But yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like in that, it was so much more of of like a gratuitous, like, let's see what I can do with um, special effects. And, and I just want to show you what's a cool way to die. I... Yeah, I t- we t- we take in a lot of things, and there are m- movies that like they do set themselves up as like this is like a a mean spirited th- like I think of like the trauma movies or something like right. that. That's something you expect going in, but when you get in a thing where that level of death isn't like an established part of what that movie's about, it right. just it doesn't absolutely, work. and it's it is jarring. Sou- it's souring, yeah, yeah, and and I mean connecting trauma to Jurassic World. There are a whole series of films. Uh, you know, Mother is a pterodactyl. I have a pterodactyl mm-hmm. mom. Uh, <laughs> so I'm if you want to check into that, I'm thinking of the Roger Corman knockoff was a car- carnosaur when the first Jurassic Park came. Oh, out. Oh, really? Yeah. It came out in like the same year, I think. And it's always Perfect. fun to compare the special effects between the oh, two. Oh, yeah, I feel like trauma has like. Like a production rate similar to uh, porn. 
Mm-hmm. We are going to have uh, Maggie Roswell on soon, actually, who does oh, yeah. the voice of oh, Maud, nice. uh, at which point, you know, maybe, I don't know if it's going to be scary, but maybe we could talk to her about that episode. I would love to. At the very least, uh, a, a discussion for what it was like for her, because I'm sure that she read a lot of the comments that people left right. her. Mm-hmm. And gosh, I mean, to be, um, it's not a soap opera. People aren't expecting to be axed from a show like The Simpsons. I mm-hmm. know. So to go through that process, because yeah. she doesn't voice any other characters. She that's Helen Lovejoy. Oh, okay. So she comes a back. number of, but even still, that character I'm sure yeah. is very she's personal. She to was her. gone for like a few years, I believe. Yes. And like now she's back. Mm-hmm. It's like a regular thing. Mar- Maud was one of those characters, um, very underutilized. So I think that's why they thought they could they could get away with killing off Maud. But it's I don't know. Maud, even though very seldomly used, still is like an important character to Ned Flanders. I think so too. Of course, yeah. Um. But this, th- you know, the the things that they do with Skinner in this episode, I think, are so true to Skinner. Absolutely. I, and I love, I love uh, Armin. I love his Me too. up <laughs> yours children. Up yours children. Cherished quotes. Absolutely. I, I, so many people <laughs> say that. I feel like there's, if we do a Google search for that tattoo, oh we'll find, my gosh. oh my God. I hope pages so. Pages and pages. <laughs> I my love, uh, this is Armin's frozen peas. This is Armin's copy of Swank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. see your copy of Swank, Armin? Sure. Yeah. And, and when he is handing over the last possessions of being Seymour Skinner to the real Seymour Skinner, it's a Radio Shack Battery Club card. <laughs> Ten Canadian dollars. It's a souvenir from your trip to upstate New York. You've lived quite a life. Yeah, I know. But said with not no irony or sarcasm or anything. That's he's, what makes it a very, good joke. It's yeah. so good. There's also the great moment where he's like the he's like a carnival barker to like a strip strip yes. club and stuff. They're not even they're so new they're not even wearing a smile. Yowza, yowza. <laughs> I know. Wait, what, what is a smile meekly or something? He like reads the directions. Oh um, yeah, wink suggestively. Wink yeah, suggestively. Not. And then he goes over to um, Mrs. Mrs. Kerbopel's house. I love this moment, and God, it just makes so me miss great. Marsha Wallace even more. Me too. Edna's just yeah. the best. When crab apple, crab apple. <laughs> we'll you haven't been around yet. We'll get to. But um, Crandall. I know <laughs> we're all over the place, but I love it. Um, yeah, when Edna gets to be sweet, oh my god, yeah. she is like I feel a portal for the audience because she calls it like it is and she sees the reality of the yeah. situation and she's just so funny because she is just so herself. Like she doesn't feel like she owes anybody else anything. Mm-hmm. She's very tied into her own world, and I just really appreciate it when she gets moments of sweetness from um, Skinner. And oh, I just wanted them to be together forever. I love Saying that. things like that makes me want to marry you. But instead, I'm leaving town forever. That's what I wrote down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love I love The Simpsons for being brave enough to be that candid and raw in her side of it and have him be completely sincere and sweet and you feel for him. Because if he read that line differently or if they wrote it, you know, in any way jerkish i mean that's a that's a really awful scene because he does say i'm leaving you forever like i would like to marry you but i'm gonna leave forever that's just a good punchline but it still stays sweet and that's a really hard balance and it's amazing it's just his sweetness in it and like you just trust him because you know he always has good intentions Mm. yes yeah i also love uh kent brockman i mean (laughs) holy shit he's so (laughs) funny but this one in particular like I i read somewhere that um 
Kent Brockman bits are always in the middle of a broadcast, so they yeah. always try to like get in the middle of a joke with mm-hmm. something. But this one is is much more obvious in a great way, where he is literally in the middle of laughing at something that just happened two seconds before, <laughs> and then he moves on to the next news, and he talks about Skinner. But then you not know, that no, Skinner. not that Skinner, and then they put the image <laughs> as if it's a slide, like yeah. an old '60s <laughs> slide projector. They put the image of the real Seymour Skinner like upside down, and there maybe there's like a fingerprint on it i can't remember but yeah it's so great (laughs) oh my god my favorite kent brockman moment is when he so readily gives up to like ant people yes i for one welcome our insect overlords uh that that quote is one of the best ever uh but also uh the reason i think the the country or very uh, specific members of it fell in love with uh, Ken Jennings because he oh, referenced that on his right. Jeopardy when, when he, he didn't win. When he lost to the computer. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. I love it so much. I also love, uh, just on Ken Brockman, um, uh, the I Didn't Do It episode when he gets so irate. No, I'm not going to do it without my Danish. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I like yeah. seeing him be pissy. Like, it's so funny because... Same with Krusty with the... Yes. With yeah. the uh, when he's on set. I forget. Yeah, so. yeah. It's, it's also funny God, when Krusty. Ken Brockman will be just be sexist on the air. <laughs> when, yes. like, like when it, like Marge on the land goes like we might as well take them down before they start an uprise with all the women in the country it's in revelations people I know <laughs> I know and also I mean uh, this is like way more obvious uh, but Ion Springfield is just like yeah. you know <laughs> him constantly like uh, looking at other women's boobs and, uh, and eating a hot dog and laughing speaking <laughs> of women's boobs uh cool. but more just women yeah uh, i really like seeing uh the women kind of joining forces yes it's yes, really in the yeah. checkout cool. line yeah uh, at the grocery store it I feels love it. so natural that seems <laughs> so great it does feel so natural that's how women are like yeah. i really like that i really like it's just kind of uh finding things to kind of connect to and then you build this little community yeah. and it's and then it's active like it, it's Absolutely. not it's not just gossip it's they go do something about Mm-hmm. And that sequence is so great. It's one of filled the with it's one of the best. Part in the car. That's like yeah. the best part of that well, episode. Why, why is the old lady here? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. why is why is Marjorie? Was my idea? Gosh, is that in the book at all? Because I would love to oh get man, it. I wanted to be in the book. Uh, no, it's not because I, I suppose it's too long. It's just like, well, why are the kids here? Well, we couldn't find Grandpa. Well, then why is Grandpa here? Because Jasper, Jasper didn't, didn't want to ride go. alone. <laughs> and then the, the shot of Jasper. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we're just like, eh, fair enough. <laughs> and then, he, then doesn't Grandpa like lean into Agnes and says yeah. something like, hey there, beautiful. <laughs> and she goes, in your dreams. We'll see about that. And then he immediately <laughs> falls asleep. You know, it, it's moments like that. And of course, there are there's no shortage of Simpsons love on the Internet. But it's moments like that where I think had the had it came, come out now, like right. people would be cherishing that scene so yeah. much more. Like right. I do feel like there are so many scenes that are looked over and we don't appreciate, which is why, you know, which is why you should follow the Simpsons subreddit because then you get to see some of the stuff that you missed. But I love those moments. Well, you yeah. said something very funny when we were watching that. Um you said <laughs> I love this I'm excited to hear it <laughs> we were watching just that one scene just that one scene with grandpa saying that and you go that was a better grandpa episode than the last one we watched oh, yeah. we watched the old oh, man yeah. in the key which we were not shy about our, our true feelings of yeah. Um, but yeah I just and I agree it's, it's a much better episode I love the, sorry I John Beatty ah uh, well I love Homer and grandpa episodes those are Me too. my favorite just you, play it cool <laughs> <laughs> I always think that's a good core because it's 
Homer's a bad father because his father was a bad father. And right. That sort of thing. Yeah, that cycle continuing. And, and then yeah. you don't blame Homer. I, I think that the more we find out about Homer's upbringing and the lore of all the Simpsons and the dumb Simpsons men and the smart-ass Simpsons women, in smart as hell. <laughs> that's what in I mean. recent episodes, there's been they've been humanizing Grandpa. Like they, they did one where they did a parody of the people who do like one picture a year for 10 years. I saw that. And they did it with Homer and they had like in the background, just like grandpa, just like really depressed. Cause and you think about it like yeah, his wife left him and just yeah. like in the background, oh you just saw God. him like reacting. Oh, was that actually from an episode? I think so. I think That's it was shocking uh, to me. Cause I've seen it because mm-hmm. it's viral and it's beautiful. And I, it's very I, well done. I, it makes me choke up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I had assumed that that was fan made. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy to hear that that might be from an episode. I'm pretty sure that one's from an episode. Very cool. Watch mm-hmm. that at home if you haven't already seen that it is going to make you a little weepy mm-hmm. can i read the stuff you may have missed from please this do sure. i'm reading it for the first time so it could be great or it could be mm. <laughs> uh, uh agnes's line i have no son was last said by rabbi Kristofsky in like father like clown oh. we spoke oh. about crusty earlier also spoken by lunch lady doris to squeaky voice teenager in teenage homer and by abe to homer in old money okay so it's a few words. Um, in <laughs> Capital City, Armington Zarian stays at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel for transients. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, as Homer drives Tanzarian back into Springfield, they pass Luann Van Houten standing with Chase, a.k.a. Pyro, the American oh, gladiator she started dating <laughs> in a millhouse divided. Cheated I missed on, that. Cheated oh, on him with gyro. <laughs> I, oh, I really like the little touches of adding um, secondary characters to the scene. Like you see uh, the girl who I think's name is Allison. I should know that because that's mm-hmm. my name. Uh, whoever is Lisa's rival. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. She's she's in uh, the auditorium scene, which I get happy about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that kind of stuff. And all it the just, nerds. It paints the, the world. The Al Franken nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Baby Al Franken. Oh, that's such a good way of looking at that. <laughs> Look shocked. Move slowly towards the cake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a great joke. Yeah. I also, I love. Course, America balls. <laughs> America balls. Yeah. Just Homer knows that it's called America balls. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love the banner of um, Principal Skinner that they have at the 20-year the memorial and memorial uh, <laughs> celebration uh, where it's just him staring off in the distance with like a American flag waving in the back. <laughs> I think that's fun. I want somebody to have painted that. I'm sure they did. I hope if so. If we Google it. Um, I like looking yeah. at young Skinner with just like the slick hair. I and know stuff. and he's kind of buff. And <laughs> I yeah. also like young Agnes. God, Me I too. Her hair color is great. Every, you know, there's so much between them that is just so sweet in this episode. And uh, one of the themes that appears in this episode and throughout The Simpsons and throughout this podcast, particular episodes that we've picked are, are uh, basically, you know, the truth isn't always the best thing. It's how we feel uh, about the truth or about these lies that really matters. I Not mean, messing with people's joy. Yeah. <laughs> let people have their joy. I love that as a consistent theme throughout Me The Simpsons. too. Yeah. You, you think of it that way. The way how I was thinking it was is it's a further explanation of how everyone in Springfield is kind of shitty. <laughs> like the whole town agreed to tying a man up to a train and just driving him out of town. Right, right, right. So <laughs> they, yeah. also, they also cheer where, together. Where, the thi- where like the punishment is torture if you bring it up again. I know. Well, Yay. can I read that speech? Yes, oh, yeah. Please. I think it's it's here in this book. Um, by author- Also, the judge is so great. <laughs> His name is Judge Snyder. By authority of the city of Springfield, I hereby confer upon you the name of Seymour Skinner as well as his past, present, future, and mother. <laughs> Skinner, okay. 
Judge, and I further decree that everything will be just like it was before <laughs> all this happened, and no one will ever mention it again under penalty of torture. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> I know. Just that shot of torture. Yay! <laughs> it's so, oh, it's so and satisfying. I like that Ralph is in the audience, like, unattended. <laughs> yeah, I know. God, he should always have a helmet, but yeah. I just love that he's, yeah. like, floating around in some episodes. I would like to see Garden State remade with Ralph as Natalie Whoa! Portman. Oh, that'd be great. God, that'd be great. <laughs> more that I think It'd be about so it, like, much funnier. The more I, I think know. about it, you really Jeez. don't see Wiggum around Ralph that much. <laughs> no, no. I mean, he's busy, uh, well, you know, patrolling the streets. That's something that The Simpsons did that people aren't mad about. You know, they decided that uh, he's the dad. Like, I don't think that that's addressed until later. Like, they oh. kind of just paired them up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. believe Ralph was introduced as being the son of the police officer of the town until a little bit sure. later. But you know what? I'm sure the internet will tell us. The internet mm. will tell us. The internet always knows. Can I read you another great scene that I, I wrote into my notes? Um, Lisa says, uh, in regards to the whole situation with Skinner and Armington Syrian, uh, <laughs> you know, the episode plot. The plot. Um, <laughs> she goes, a rose by any other name would smell as sweet, Bart. <laughs> Not if you call them stench blossoms. Or crap weeds. <laughs> or crap weeds. Marge <laughs> says, I'd sure hate to get a dozen crap weeds for Valentine's Day. I'd rather have candy. Which is an interesting Marge choice in this scene. <laughs> I love that. Homer. I'd call them scum drops. Not if they were called scum drops. <laughs> That's such a great run. <laughs> and, oh, man, what a great brainstorming session that must have been it's building on i love i love building things and i just love i love that idea of just like this is what a family looks like like they all kind of just joke around but they're not necessarily trying to make each other laugh right just having a conversation that (laughs) happens to be hysterical to outside viewers yeah and i feel like the simpsons writers love (laughs) words like stench and stink yeah see see you later stink town or crumb crumb bombs yeah yeah Yeah, it's i mean yeah i feel like crumb bombs is something that came from conan yeah Yeah, but i feel like conan must have said that in in the i don't know i just have a weird that was Conan's sense. first word. <laughs> that was Conan's first word. I knew it. Hello, Crumbum. Daddy. Crumbum. Uh, <laughs> well, just like Maggie's first word is burlap. <laughs> <laughs> right. Perfect. Everything is perfect. What are some uh, other moments that we might have missed that you particularly love of this episode? Oh, there's the uh, Skinner's narration where he goes like, the, the judge decreed that I either apologize to him or the old lady or that I join the army. And of course, if I knew that there was a war going on, I probably would have just apologized. <laughs> oh, God, it's such or, a great line. Or there's the great line where he goes, like, the way I was going, it was only a matter of time before I ended up in front of a judge, and he just whacks a judge on his motorcycle. I know, <laughs> God, like, immediately, it's so like, great. <laughs> I love that play with, like, you know, colloquialisms. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> making them literal. I really, I think all of us agree that this is a great episode, and it's really so funny and so emotional. But I did kind of have some, uh, I was a little surprised remembering how this episode ends. Like you said, like mm. th- there is a quality of shittiness to these people. <laughs> uh, he is a he is a war hero and he is someone that served our country, which I think it's easy to not appreciate if you are a bleeding heart liberal and you don't really care too much about politics or the war but what do you feel about that ending did it but did it upset you in any way did you I find it f- I, just cartoonish I, bugs bunny fun i think it's kind of true in the sense it, i see it a lot now with the internet where really it kind of just comes down to who do you like and who do you don't like 
<laughs> and it's just the reason why they kick out the one Skinner is because they don't like him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it d- yeah. It doesn't matter. I mean, Skinner was a weenie, but he was our yeah, weenie. Yeah, that's a weenie you were proud to call your son. Yeah. <laughs> now that's a weenie. It, it Her voice so acting is phenomenal. I know. She's it, incredible. It all comes down to who does the mob like and who does the mob not like. And that's yeah. ultimately what it is. I think that comes down, down to, to. to what life is, especially working in the entertainment industry. Yeah. Yeah, you're <laughs> out of here. Can you hang out? Honestly, it's <laughs> Can half, you hang? Half is. Can you hang? The other <laughs> half is talent. Yeah. Maybe not even that much. Can you do the work? Can you hang? Can mm-hmm. you show up on time? Maybe. <laughs> Can you hang? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's all it is. And I love that theme playing out in this episode. And I, I do love any time in any TV show when we get a glimpse into that character's past, even if we, o- we feel like we already knew it. You get a lot of that with the Bill Oakley, Josh Weinstein years where you, you like you get where just they give you these these moments of people's past that really just uh, develop them more. Like you had that with the flying hellfish. Right. So, and we are one. in the Bill Oakley Weinstein years in, in those, this those season. Are my, my those favorite are my favorite years. Those are my, that's my favorite run. They're great. Oh, I love them so much. They're the greatest people They're alive. The greatest people alive. If you're they listening, really we, I mean, they already know that we <laughs> love them, but yeah, I just, I think that they approached the Simpsons characters with such kindness. And I mean, they almost did the spinoff with Springfield. They loved all the characters yeah. so much. I gotta wonder how different the show would be. Like if, you had a show that was just the family and then a show that was just the people and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I can only uh, equate it to Family Guy. I mean, this is not the same because they're not part of the same universe, but like Family Guy, American Dad, Cleveland Show, just sort of seeing that style play out in different TV shows. You got to wonder who like who the front runners of the show Springfield would have been that you would have followed. Or I think there definitely would have been a copy. Yeah. Um, that there would have been like a through line, some sort of cop beat happening. Yeah, um, yeah I, I wonder if it would have been, uh, you know, Troy McClure. Yeah, yeah. They talked about doing a Troy McClure show. Yeah, right. Like Phil Hartman really wanted to do a live action Troy McClure. Right. Yeah, right. they were telling and us about he, that. He looks like him, so that could have that could have worked. I know, and it could have been like McGruber turned <sighs> up. Yeah. I know. It was really funny when uh, when you said that to Josh Weinstein. Josh Weinstein said, uh, "But funnier." <laughs> uh, I know. I forgot that I said that to him. Oh well. I remember everything. I'm, I'm getting daffy <laughs> in my old age. No, no, no. <laughs> we, had, we had Josh Weinstein on the uh, the Stonecutter show, and he I was just great. You got the thing up. We got to talk to him about Mission Hill. Oh, Mission Hill yeah. is such a good show. Listeners at home, not everyone has knows about this TV show, right. which is one of the reasons it doesn't have many episodes. So please find it. It's, it's such a good on, show. It's all on YouTube. It is. Yeah, if yeah. you like the Bill Oakley Josh Weinstein news, you got to check out Mission Hill. It's really yeah. Funny. It's so smart and it does a really good job of like, uh, you know, they have characters that are gay and they have characters that are all kinds of different backgrounds, like really ahead of its time. Yeah. They were always so good about that. So as a testament to how nice Josh Weinstein is when he came to Stonecutters as like the main prize he gave a cell from the show, an animated cell or an animation cell more like it wasn't moving um, (laughs) to the the top (laughs) to the top winners and then gave us he brought like a couple extra for the host. A couple extra. Yeah. That's so nice. We all got to keep a cell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of my most prized possessions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, When he did my Twin Peaks podcast, he gave me a script. Uh, from The Simpsons, which oh my God. blew my mind. Yeah. What, what a, a nice guy. guy. What a guy. Moment of silence for, <laughs> for Mo- Josh Weinstein. Moment of silence for Josh Weinstein.
And we're back. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> uh, are there any other uh, stray thoughts that we might have about this episode that we didn't get a chance to talk about through and through? It's so good. And oftentimes with this podcast, I think of quotes after the fact. And I'm I just know. Like, oh, we should have talked about I that. I don't think so we talked about silhouette night enough. Uh, <laughs> I would yeah, like to talk about it on all <laughs> night. First of all, oh. it's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> There's al- there has always been a Norman Bates Type <laughs> <Yes>. dynamic. <laughs> Actually, yeah. sometimes his house is drawn to it look is. like the Bates Motel. <laughs> yeah, but it's like a kind, episodes. a kind Disneyland Norman Bates yeah. yes. Motel. It's really and, great. And speaking of d- mother, that's sailor. She doesn't fit I mean, anymore. silhouettes are what I think. Like I silhouette art and Disneyland go together so well. They mm-hmm. used to yeah. do it. I don't know. That's what my do. boyfriend Mike used to do when he was a teenager in oh. Ohio. He oh, worked wow. at the local theme park making silhouettes. <laughs> that's so exactly what I would. He was born to be my boyfriend. I was gonna say. <laughs> he also did caricatures. Born and bred to be He Julia's was born boyfriend. to be my. He didn't know it. Um, <laughs> uh, I another quote from this episode uh, that I really enjoy is um, so back to Edna and how wonderful Edna is, and she's yeah. just such a badass lady. So when um, the real Seymour Skinner comes in and he's doing the tour of the school and like getting acquainted and being the new principal, um, he addresses her as Mrs. Crabapple. <laughs> <laughs> And you don't then talk to a lot of women, do you? Yeah, yeah. Are you asking me out? It's so perfect. <laughs> Are I you asking me out? <laughs> I, I, you know, not only is that a good joke, uh, but I do really think that, like, you know, I'm assuming that men wrote that joke, and they just... Right. They freaking get it. They I get know. how hard it is to be a woman, I and I know. love that. I l- it's just so funny, especially from like a dude's perspective writing that mm-hmm. of them being like, <laughs> "Yeah, let's just put this in." <laughs> Martin Sheen is great in this episode he is. as the real Seymour Skinner. He's a he does like bring like a real warmth to like the character. Yeah, I forgot that even, it was Martin Sheen. Even when he's being like crabby and stuff, like even, like when you go back to the flashbacks of them in Vietnam, like he, he does bring like a warmth and humanity. Yeah, and well, you can feel a connection with him in in uh, Armin Tam's area. Yeah, and and by now in film and television that like the story of one sergeant helping another um you know person in the war, I don't know, sergeants or admirals or whatever. Um <laughs> but but them helping each other, one of them dies like we see in Forrest Gump, like they go off and live their like dreams and you know yeah. continue their legacy. It's now a, a trope which is so funny and weird, but being played out in this episode feels so natural too to what we need to get to in the decision of him becoming Seymour Skinner. It's an extension of that trope because not only is he living his legacy, he's living his life and living his life's legacy. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And and I think that there's a way that it could be presented where you're thinking that Skinner's kind of sleazy because it's a very sleazy thing to do. But that just goes to show that in the moment, like you you a don't know what happens to somebody in a decision-making moment like that yes and everything seems fairly reasonable in in his choice to help out this old lady and start a new life and he wants to rebuild himself and he wants to also help this woman and he wants to also do honor to this um you know man that helped him out in the war so there's a lot of stakes that are going up against him and so it's not a sleazy choice at all in the end it's just him being selfless really i agree and what i love the most about that scene is you know you could kind of hear it in the voice that he knows that this is weird and this is bad right. uh but he says um if i could have done it over again i would have yeah right you know which yeah. i love especially since up until now the only interactions that we've seen are what 
from an outsider would think are negative you know it's a woman who just kind of keeps him in his place like at the end of the episode what a good joke he's just like you know i've learned a few things in the past few weeks as being armin and uh i'm gonna be a new man and he undoes his tie he's like no you're not yep. <laughs> instantly yes, mother, <laughs> yes, mother. Puts his, which, straightens his tie again. which is so great and so we've seen all these instances of just kind of like oh what a nag or oh what a you know mama's boy like what a bad relationship but truly he loves it in the same way that you know smithers loves being with mr burns like this show really understands that relationships healthy good relationships take all forms and that they aren't going to look like what we see in other shows i mean they're not two kinds of relationships and i think that a lot of people on paper would see the relationship of smithers and burns and think it was very sad or skinner and his mom and it's all a matter of are they fulfilled Absolutely. And why uh, real Skinner gets kicked out of town isn't because he's a jerk, in my opinion. It's because he doesn't need the town and the town doesn't need it, like yeah. she says. And it's just a matter of like, you know, he just doesn't belong here. He was right. driving through and it was kind of happenstance and he, he kind of tried it out and he just doesn't belong. And yeah. you need Skinner and uh, Agnes together. Mm-hmm. There's a great quote from the real Skinner in there where he's like... He goes like, well, they were like, what happened to you all these years? He goes like, well, it's kind of a funny story. And then he tells like his horrible life that he's led. And then they're like, that doesn't sound very (laughs) funny. That's a funny story. And he goes, well, I guess you had to be there. (laughs) I know. I love that as a a line to cover it up. It's so funny. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. God, up yours, children. Everything about this. Everything about this is great. And I love Skinner camping out at the school and being all disheveled and like Bart coming in and lying about like forging Homer's signature. Well, I guess it's not as bad as what you did about Mm -hmm. lying, you know, and catching him on that. There's just so many moments in this episode that are really great. Um, And I just find it. Yeah, it's it's a very like it's a love letter to this character um, and making them really shine and, and giving them the time that they deserve. Because I think that Skinner has established himself as being kind of a scene stealer in the show yeah. up until this point. And so he was very much deserving of his own backstory. I also love when Skinner has his moments of being badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He gets his. Like the early, early ones. Yeah. Copyright expired. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it so much. Um, yeah. Yeah, w- I was just going to say that we're reaching that point of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could give us a thought or lesson from this episode that you would put on the blackboard as Bart, what would that lesson be? Doesn't have to be a joke. I'm trying to think. How has this experience with us changed you? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, I will have faith in the creative decisions that I make. Yeah. Ooh, I love, I that. love that. Yeah. That's bad. you, JK. <laughs> I know. That, that honestly is making me, I mean, not like I was constantly going, uh, just kidding, just kidding for my work online, but it's, mm-hmm. it's going to change the way that I think I'll present my stuff going Same, forward. Same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, so, I mean, it, it's only to protect yourself when you do that. And it only takes away from everyone's joy. I, right. If you can't proudly say like, I did this. Mm. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't have done it. I Can I say one thing that's slightly off topic? But um, I want to share an anecdote from my family. I always think about 
like in how you know the tendency of like i'm sorry it's not good you know is mm-hmm. constant when you're producing something uh, my great grandmother um was uh like she grew up in the jungles of Mexico oh, wow. and like came over here and like was like That's an opening like line to a book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it gets it gets born and raised uh. born and raised in the jungles of Mexico. <laughs> it gets even better because when she was a teenager she apparently was very um dishy and um Pancho Villa's uh, men were like trying to unload people off <laughs> of like a train. They were like stowing so away. <laughs> they were stowing away on this train her and her family to like get into America. And so her dad turned to her and was like, "Hey, go go flirt with the soul so that we can like figure our shit out and she was like i'm on it and went over there and like you know <laughs> let one shoulder uh of her dress <laughs> through stuff like that but um so she's a badass lady but um i uh remember hearing stories about how she would always cook like the most delicious meals from like the jungles of mexico you know like plantains and your mexican rice stuff like that mm. she'd always place the dish on the table and go here my food is no good <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my food is not very good and just say that just say that immediately and you know we laugh about it now but it's like oh gosh don't live your life like that that's amazing Julia yeah. I love um, that yeah, thanks. I, yeah I like her being a part of my legacy <laughs> mama keke that's miss great. you boo <laughs> um yeah <laughs> Cool. We feel I love good. That. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for that. So, uh, aside from going to Stone Cutters, uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at John Ungaro, J-O-H-N-U-N-G-A-R-O, and I'm also uh, at Stone Cutters LA. Uh, you should come to our next show in October because it's our Treehouse of Horror special. Yay! Yeah. Those where, are the best. Where mm-hmm. we actually we chop up episodes and we just show the vignettes themselves in different yeah that that one's pretty fun and uh oh uh, on um november 12th i'm doing uh, a show called free parking free parking at the garage comedy in culver city wonderful so, so that'd be fun check mm-hmm. that out uh yeah. julia people can find you at julia prescott it's the same as it's always <laughs> been yeah. don't even think about it just <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm at ellie gertz and you could find us on twitter at simpsons pod and email us at everything's coming up podcast at gmail.com and on facebook and all that stuff thanks for listening we will Take see care. you next Take care, week everyone. Yeah. Bye. Now you're saying JK everyone. JK everyone. JK rallying JK everyone. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. You just got JK'd. Oh no. <laughs> we gotta do that. JK All right. with rallying. Bye. Bye for real now. Bye.